Amen. Praise God. Well, you talked about this yesterday. I talked about it with uh, uh, someone in here, and uh, but Pastor taught me a long time ago. Put the pressure on the word when the devil or when circumstances start trying to pressure you. You put the pressure on the word. Don't let the and 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 uh, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's just believe we receive right now. You know. Uh, uh, strength. Turn over to Ephesians. Hallelujah. I just felt yeah. quickened all during while we were praising and worshiping. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. And you need to pray these prayers for yourself. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in uh, mm, verse 16. This is a prayer that Paul prayed, and we're going to pray it for ourselves tonight. And we're going to believe we receive strength. And uh, so just take it as we pray it. Receive it. Believe you receive it. And um, uh, we're going to, it, as the Lord strengthens our inner man and as we're strong inside, you will, we find that things like heat and stuff like that, because the heat's kind of bad right now, that it does not, we don't live out, we don't live according to that. We live according to the inner man. And we're going to talk about that more tonight. But I'm going to pray this. Uh, Father, we pray that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory that we would be strengthened with might by your Spirit in the inner man that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith and that we would be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And Father, we pray that we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge and that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. And we thank you, Lord, you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we believe we receive that strength in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about, uh, we've been talking about, let me review just a second. I'm not going to review a lot, but, uh, we, but we've been talking about in 2 Timothy 2.15 that we study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, that we divide the word rightly. And we talked about that there's three things, at least three right now we're thinking about, that we're, we make sure we divide between the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's a division. There's a reason that there's a division. It, it, and it's because things changed in the New Testament. The system, the system changed. Some things stayed the same, but a lot of things didn't didn't stay the same and the way the way people became righteous the way people related to God all changed under the new covenant and then we know that we said according to second corinthians let me see uh second corinthians no excuse me first corinthians 10:32 that we divide the word between the Jews and the church and the nations remember and that another way we could say that is gentiles are heathen, are the lost, however you want to say it. Sinner. Sinner. Hey, that's another word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, so we have to, when we're reading the Word, we have to discern by revelation, by revelation, is God talking to the Jews here? Is He talking to the church? Or is He talking to the nations? And so we, 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 we watch that. And the word church is not used in the Old Testament. I think once or twice, one time. And when it's used, it's talking prophetically. The church was a mystery, Paul said. And nobody even saw it. They didn't know about it. They didn't know God as Father. He Once or twice, he mentions himself as Father in the Old Testament. But they didn't know that he was their Father. They were his servants. And uh, he always wanted to be a Father to them. But they had, uh, through Adam's fall, the devil had become their father. Uh, Satan was their father. And so, uh, but in the New Testament, and, and so it was quite a revelation when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, pray this way, our Father, which art in heaven. And I'm sure they went, our Father? You know, they, they didn't have any revelation of that. That seems common to us now. But uh, so he was teaching them to pray that way. Um, and so uh, then we have the, the nations and, and he talks to the nations. A lot of the things he says in the book of Revelation are to the lost, to the nations. Um, we know we're not going to be here for the tribulation. So he, he's not talking to the church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
And so um, we have to divide that way. And then also, and this is what we're actually studying, is uh, another way we have to divide is spirit, soul, and body. And so we're going to look at that. Hallelujah. In one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. And that's in um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. And there's many places where the revelation of spirit, soul, and body are, are in the Word of God. In fact, after you begin to study this... The whole time you're reading your, the Bible, just on your daily reading, when you're reading, you're going, oh, that's talking about soul there. Or, oh, that's talking about the body. That's not talking about my spirit man. And so, and without understanding and dividing spirit, soul, and body, there's especially two books. You'll never understand Romans unless you can divide spirit, soul, and body. And you won't understand First John either. First uh, Little John. You know, that first little John, uh, you won't understand it unless you divide spirit, soul, and body. But now as you read, you're going to be finding these scriptures stand out to you uh, and show you, and there's revelation in them. In verse 23, in the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're being preserved spirit, soul, and body until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, we're the only generation. We are called the exception generation. We're the only generation that, it will, that many of us in our generation will never die. Uh, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but we're the generation of the rapture of the church. And many in our generation... We'll never die. We won't see death. We'll just be raptured out. Hallelujah. And I'm going in the rapture, and you can decide to use your faith and go there too. A lot of things are just decided by your faith. Amen. It's what you, what you, it's what you believe and what you say. Amen. And so it's important even in these times when the heat's bad, this is a good time, folks. This is a good time. I had to get on to myself today. This is a good time to live out of the inner man and not talk about how hot we are and how tired we are and how, you know, and so I had to make an adjustment today and say, no, I've got the greater one inside of me and if I'm in the middle of the Sahara Desert, you know, the Spirit of God will sustain me. Amen. And so we can use our faith. This, this inner man is powerful. Hallelujah. He's very powerful. Okay. Um, thank you, Jesus. I want to, uh, I don't know if that's all the reviewing I wanted to do or not. Um, with our body, with our body, we contact physical things. And with our soul, we contact mental and emotional things. And with our spirit, we contact spiritual things. We'll go ahead and put God up there tonight. Uh, God is light. He is life. And God is good. We sang that tonight. God is love. And uh, in Him there's no variation. There's no shadow of turning. There's not even just a little bit. And God does not, let's just make this clear, God does not use the devil to accomplish His purposes. He don't need Him. He does not need the devil to accomplish His purposes. And... Uh, uh, and if God is life and love and light, and God, there's no sickness in God. There's no disease in God. Sickness and disease are a form of death. They are the progressive form of death. You have sickness and disease long enough, you'll eventually get to death. That's what it leads to. And there is no death in God. There's no death in Him. He doesn't have any sickness and disease, and so He's not putting any sickness and disease on anybody. He's not using the devil to mature you, make you grow, make you a strong Christian. Had a lady tell me not too long ago, uh, she didn't come back because I, I just, I just didn't take it. I just didn't, I just wouldn't take it. But she said, uh, she, her sister was dying of cancer, and she said, you know, God sometimes uh, take, takes his best to bring his harvest in. And I said, not by putting cancer on them, he doesn't. And she says, well, whatever it takes. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a God that's going to put cancer on me to bring my aunt or uncle into the kingdom of God. Right. Listen, if they can't get it by the Word, why would they get it by 
trouble by you having cancer. You know, God didn't, there's only one sacrifice God ever needed, and that was Jesus. And He don't need any more sacrifices. And if they're so stubborn and they're so bullheaded that they won't receive it by the Word of God, then let them go to hell. Now, I don't mean that callously, but I'm telling you. <laughs> you, you can die of cancer for your kin folks if you want to, but I can tell you it won't change anything. Amen. The best thing you can do is get healed and they'll say, wow, what happened to you? Amen. Amen. Now, so we have uh, the body of man, we have the soul of man, and we have the spirit of man. Now, we don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to misrepresent that. But I'm just saying, if people are going to set themselves against God and they won't receive the word. Amen. There's hardly an excuse in America for not getting saved. There's hardly an excuse. In America, I mean, there's a few people maybe that really haven't heard or it's just missed them. But there's not many. There's not many in America. Now, the rest of the world, that's, that's a sad situation because there's people that literally haven't heard, but not in America. So we have spirit, soul, and body. And with this body, we contact physical things. This is our, where our five senses reside. This is with our soul, we contact. This is where we have our mind, our will, our emotions, our personality, our character um, are all in the soul man. And then we, our spirit man is uh, where what the parts that gets born again. At the new birth, we're changed. Uh, in the twinkling of an eye, we've been changed from looking like this on the inside. We get changed from looking like that on the inside to looking like that on the inside. Born again, recreated into the image of God. Old man has passed away. Old man's dead. Old man is not just hid somewhere. And you know, I want to tell you something. You're not just forgiven. You are not just forgiven. You are forgiven, but you are so much more than forgiven. You've been reborn. You've been refathered from above. You're a new creation in Christ. You're so much more than forgiven. You're not just an old sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner anymore. That sinner, he's dead. He's gone. God killed him and he's gone. Hallelujah. And you can't get him back. You can't have him back. He doesn't exist. He's gone. He's been destroyed. And now you have a new man. And on the inside, you are squeaky clean. You are righteous. You are holy. You are perfect. As He is, so are we in this world. It's not That scripture is not talking about this man. As He is, so are we in this world. It's talking about this man. Now, now what we have to do is let this man begin to be, have the preeminence, begin to develop, begin to... Not that, I don't mean develop and grow because he's already complete. He doesn't need to grow. He doesn't need to mature. But what he does need to do is begin to reign. He needs to begin to rule over the soul so that we're no longer led by our emotions. Because when we're led by our emotions, we have happy days and we have deep down in the... and we ride an emotional roller coaster. And that's a soulish man. And you know, the man that feels guilty all the time. The man that feels, well, I just feel so bad about that. I just feel so guilty. And the devil leads us around by our emotions, feeling guilty, feeling bad, feeling depressed, uh, having a few times when we feel so happy. Amen. No, no, we aren't led. We aren't to be led by that man. We're supposed to let this man. And this is the man. This man has joy. And he. This is where the joy. And so when when you know we're going to have feelings. I'm not saying you're never going to have them. You're going to have them. You just don't regard them. And you begin to say, and, and you, this takes practice, let me tell you. You begin to say, no, I've got joy on the inside. And I'm not going to be swayed by this. I'm not going to be moved by this. This is the man that worries, this soul man. This man's not worried. This man's got all the answers. On the inside of you, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You've got the answers. This man is wise. He's got the wisdom of God already. Uh, what does it say? Um, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. He's been made unto us righteousness. Oh uh, yeah. He's been made unto us wisdom already. We already you're already you don't and you know it's really wrong. I mean really not even we don't even have to pray for wisdom anymore. We don't you know. If you don't have to pray, now you can say, Lord, I know this is on the inside of me. I got the answers. Help me, help me, help me get in touch with it. Help me find that answer that's on the inside of me. Help me get that wisdom that's already on the inside of me. This man's got wisdom. Hallelujah. This is where this is this man's strong. And you need to get him so strong that he's controlling. And this is this this flesh now, he he's always he's always uh he goes by what he sees, by what he hears over the news. He's swayed by what he hears over the news. I mean, James Fan comes on and says there's a tornado ahead for Texas. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. That's that man right there. He just heard there was a tornado. Oh, Jesus, help me. Jesus, oh, God, I just know a house is going to blow away. Oh, hallelujah. Well, and you're going to have whatever you say. That's what Mark eleven twenty three 23 says. And that's why I tell you, if people, that's why there's so many come here, because they, they, they talk it, they speak it, they, you know, first thing I heard when I first moved here, you know, that, that Gaffer's building, it's been nearly blown away five times. It just always comes right down Skyland. Have <laughs> y'all heard that? I mean, always just comes right down Skyland, hits the Gaffer's building. I mean, you know, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> And uh, but so but this man no this man is supposed to take control of it and then calm this man, calm this man and I was oh shut up, hallelujah, <laughs> tell him to shut up, amen. You ever tell yourself to shut up? You ought to, amen. Pastors told me to shut up, and uh, <laughs> huh? I mean sometimes you ought to tell your wife to shut up. Now, uh, I better qualify that. <laughs> you know, if, if she's talking unbelief, I mean, if she's talking unbelief, and, uh, you know, I'd say the wife ought to say it a little nicer than that. <laughs> but Master's told me a couple of times, you need to hush that up, you need to shut that up, you know. And he didn't do it, you know, in a bad way. I don't mean to put that in a bad light, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before a man receives eternal life or eternal zoe, like that, uh, he's dominated by spiritual death. The man that is not born again, right here, this guy, he is dominated by spiritual death, and it's impossible for him to understand the Bible. Now, folks, this will help us. You don't need this. You got this sinner over here at work with you, and they don't know God. And you start talking to them about speaking in tongues. What are you thinking about? They're not going to understand that. You need The Bible says not to cast our pearls before swine. I mean, we don't need to be talking about stuff like that. We, 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 we need to keep those things secret a while. We can talk about Jesus. We can talk about how, what he's, how He saved us, how He's helped us, how He's blessed us. And you know, and uh, if, if they ask us, I guess we, need to, we can answer their questions. But we need to redirect them and refocus them. Because a lot of times we're talking to sinners and we're trying to tell them, but don't talk to him about tithing. He will run. This man will run from God if you start talking about taking 10%. He, that, I mean, that's like the government taking taxes out of his. You start talking about the, to the sinner about giving 10% to the church, he wants to run. Don't talk to him about that. Let God get him born again. And God will walk him through it. God will get him there. Amen? Don't tell him, you ought to read your Bible. Don't tell him, you ought to quit drinking that Coors. If you don't quit smoking, you're going to go right to hell. That don't, you don't need to talk to him about that. In the first place, it's not true. But second place, you're going to run that man off. They're hiding from God. Because people tell them stuff like that. You need to tell them how good God is. How much God loves them. How much God wants to bless them. Isn't that the way it is? Amen. So because this man, is, it's impossible for him to understand the Bible. Turn to 1 Corinthians 2.14. We'll look at that. 
And uh, also, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Let me read it first. 1 Corinthians 2.14. It says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And um, so, uh, for him, then it goes on to say that we have the mind of Christ. Well, where do we have the mind of Christ? It's not here. It's not here in the soul, man. It's not this brain that's into this. This is not where you have the mind of Christ. Right here is where you've got the mind of Christ. This is where you've got the mind of Christ. And you know, sometimes, like one lady said it this way, we need, some of us just need to chop off our head. In other words, you need to start thinking down here. Letting the inner man speak to you. Instead of reasoning out up here, should I do this? Should I do that? Wonder, you know, take a piece of paper, list the pros, list the cons. That's the that's the natural man up here, because you could have you could have twenty nine pros and one con, and it still be God's will for you to go ahead and not do and not do that. Or you could have twenty nine cons and one pro, and it could be God's will. Yeah, y'all go ahead and do that. And see, the mind of Christ is down here. Yes. Amen? And says the, the, the soulish man or the natural man, that's the soul man, that man he does not understand until you renew his mind, he does not understand, he cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. They seem foolish to him. And you ever know, and, and never know anybody that thought speaking in tongues was foolish. They're Christian, but the, they, could, they, they thought it was foolish to speak in tongues. See, they're not. They're a soul man. They're they're a soulish man. They're carnal, and they they the things of the spirit are foolishness to him. See, I think speaking in tongues is smart, 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 smart. Paul thought it was really smart. He said, "I speak in tongues more than you all." But but you know, at one time, the the, the soul man he not only thinks it's foolish, he's scared of. It. The soulish man, the natural man, cannot receive the things of God. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 11. We're just looking at some scriptures tonight and, and, and looking at spirit, soul, and body. Just seeing it in the scriptures. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And this is prophetic. If you read in the, New, the Old Testament, you find that uh, God says, he talks to them all the time about their soul. God could not talk to them about their spirit man. Their spirit man was dead in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. They, they, they were, their spirit man was dead. They, they had inherited that dead spirit from Adam. And uh, their spirit man was dead. And uh, they, uh, so God talked to them all the time about their soul. He just didn't even talk about this. Because, see, there was nothing he could do about it until he brought Messiah, until we had the crucifixion and the resurrection. He couldn't do anything about their soul man. They couldn't do anything about their soul man. So he just related to them completely uh, uh, in the soul. And so if you look up your concordance, you're going to see that it just said, uh, that the Old Testament is just full of soul, 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 soul. And, and, uh, and, and the New Testament does not talk after, especially after... Uh, uh, the book after the Gospels does not talk hardly any about soul, just a few scriptures in reference to spirit, soul, and body, and uh, but talks a lot about the spirit man, because now they're born again, now they're alive, and now he's talking to them about living out of the spirit, not out of the flesh. He starts talking to them about their spirit man, but in the old covenant, he just he just left it alone. There's nothing they can do about it. There's nothing he can do about it. He knows they're dead. We looked last week how Jesus didn't trust himself to any man. And did y'all remember? Did we read that last week? Well, we'll get to it if we didn't. But anyway, it says he didn't trust himself to any man because he knew what was in them. And he's not talking about he knew they were mean. No, he knew what was inside. He knew that they were like this on the inside. And if you'll find in the Gospels that he talks about the kingdom of God has come near you. And then you find that he switches and he begins to talk about the kingdom of God is in you. Now the kingdom of God is in you. Amen? Hallelujah. So things change. Ezekiel 11 verse 19, And I will give them one heart 
And I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. But as for them who's... Okay, now we won't read the rest of it, but that was just 1920. Prophecy of the new birth. We were gonna, he prophesied that there would be recreated spirits and that we would be of one heart, that we would be one with Jesus and one with each other. In John 17 then, turn over to John... And we see Jesus talking about this very same thing. John 17, 21. He says, and Jesus says, that they, all, that they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Um, and verse 22, And the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. And so he's talking there, oh God, he's talking to God about we're all fixing to be one. I'm fixing to go and I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to be resurrected and they're going to be, then I'm going to be in them and they're going to be in me and we're going to be in you and as me and you are one, we're all going to be one. Amen. And hallelujah, we're one, aren't we? Glory to God. It happened. It happened. It happened. Um, John 13, verse 35. John 13, 35. Let's see. It says, uh, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now. Did you hear that? You cannot follow me now. Why couldn't they go then? Huh? Because they were dead. They were dead. They couldn't go with where he was going. But thou shalt follow me afterwards. They couldn't. He was fixing to go to heaven. And they couldn't go because they were spiritually dead men. He said, but you will follow me afterwards. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus answered, wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? And then he tells him about the cock crowing. But it says they couldn't follow into heaven because they were dead on the inside and they didn't even know it. They didn't know it. John 2, verse 24. John 2, 24. Oh, this is the scripture I was talking about a while ago. I guess I had not read it last week. <clears throat> Let's look at reading verse 23. It says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover and the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. See, so they already believed in his name. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. And he's not talking about their sin there. He's talking about he knew that this was what was in man and he knew he couldn't commit himself to any of them. That none of them until the new birth. And I, if you ever think about it, how Peter, before the new birth, denied him three times. After the new birth, Peter gets up and preaches and, and never denies him again. And Peter gets up and preaches and 5,000 or 3,000, I can't remember how many, are added to the church. And he denies him three times, and then most of the disciples go... Actually, most of the disciples end up being martyred. They die for him, for his name, for the, the, for the cause. They die for the cause. But before the new birth, they're spiritually dead on the inside. The first time somebody just kind of looks at them crooked, they deny him. First time something goes wrong, a bunch of them run off. In fact, the Bible says uh, that they all deserted him. They all deserted him. Why? Because that man on the inside. Did you ever wonder, would you desert him? Probably not. You probably wouldn't. Because you got the, you know, you got, you got a different man on the inside of you. And I'll tell you something, that man's not afraid. That man's not afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, turn to uh, John 14, 17. It's just all through here. It's all through the Bible. John 14, 17. Oh, this is so good. Even the Spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Ghost here, how the Holy Ghost is going to come. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. See, he, right then, he was just dwelling with them. Remember we talked, uh, we talked last week about this man 
the Holy Ghost would come on them. That's a mantle. That's, a, that's an anointing right there. And the Holy Ghost would come on them. The Holy Ghost would be with them, but the Holy Ghost was never in them. But you're, that's not so with you. You've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And not only that, the Holy Ghost sometimes will come on the outside too. Amen? You can have Him on the outside. You can have Him on the inside. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Romans 7.22. Turn to Romans. We're already running out of time tonight. Romans 7.22. Look at this. Look at this. He says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. It's the inward man. It's the, this man loves the Word. This man, do you know why the, what, this man loves the Word so much? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This man lives on the Word. That's what feeds this man. Just like you love... Uh, you love a nice big meal. This man loves a nice big hot meal. This man would just love to go to Outback tonight. Amen. But this man, he don't care a lick about it. This man, this man, this man loves to hear the Word of God. This man thrives on it. This man says, oh, that's food. Keep feeding me. Oh, that's good. This man loves the Word. He said, I delight in the, after the Word. Hey, what did he say? I delight in the... Let me read that again. Get that going. Romans 7, 22. He said, for... Where am I? Romans 7, 22. Oh, I don't know. Not, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. After the inward man. Just love it. Just love it. You know, some of you aren't that in love with the Word of God. That's because you're not letting the spirit man... The, you, the, you're not letting the spirit man rule. You're not letting the spirit... You're, you know... Hallelujah. Whew. The spirit man's powerful. The spirit man's awesome. And if, you start, if you'll start getting the spirit man uh, charged and activated and by praying in tongues, by singing... And by singing in the Holy Ghost, by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, speaking to yourself, making melody in your heart, meditating on the Word of God, feeding on the Word of God, this man will get where he starts talking to you. He'll start talking to you. He'll talk to you. He'll talk to you in time of crisis, but he'll also talk to you, just, he'll just fellowship with you. And I know it happened to me. It happens, it happens to me a lot. Uh, this morning, I got up about 5.30, and, uh, and I was heading right back to bed, I can tell you. And, and I was still, you know, and my brain wasn't even awake. I purposely don't let my brain wake up when I get up. I don't. I don't even open my eyes. I try to, if there's a, the, it, especially if it, the light's starting to come, you know, and there was starting to be a little bit of light, I just keep my eyes shut. You know, I might open just, just to keep from hurting something myself or something, you know. But I keep my, boy, I don't want to let any light in because I don't want to wake up. It's not time to wake up. And so I'm just crawling back in the bed and I hear, and I start hearing a song. I start hearing a song and my head's not singing. It's not my head singing. My heart, my spirit's singing. My spirit's singing a song that we sing in church. My spirit's singing a, just singing a song to me. Amen. And then I heard the Lord say something to me. Just a little phrase. Just said a little phrase. Just heard the Lord say something to me. I know one time, the first time it ever happened to me, my dad and I, we had a mm, clash. And you know you love your earthly father and you, and you don't want to have words with your earthly father and you don't want to dishonor them in any way. And so, and my dad had said something really ugly about the people in our church at Seminole. He said something really ugly. And I stood up to him. In fact, I just was right in his face. And I said, I said, no, they're not. I have you know they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, I, and I'm saying it low now, but I mean, I was in there and I was saying it with all the emotion. I mean, it came out of my gut. It came out and, and I tell you, he's never said, he never has said anything since. I mean, he was wrong. He knew he was wrong. And he was living out of the flesh. His flesh was, and he was upset and 
He's, you know, when we're upset, we'll say things. We don't even mean, really. But after that was over, I mean, I was... You could have... I felt like a dish rag. You could have just wrung me out. I was so... I was limp. I was just... My spirit starts singing a song. My spirit just starts singing a song. First time it ever happened. It's so funny. It's just like listening to a radio or something. Your spirit starts singing to you. Amen. It happened to you too. It's probably already happening. You're just sometimes, you know, you, you, it's probably already happened many times. You thought it was your head. But if you'll get that thing separated, you need, to, you need to make a distinction between your head and heart. You know, sometimes when you're having a negative thought or a bad thought or something, you need to say, now what is this? Is this my head? This my heart? You know, and get that divided and you'll know. And, you know, uh, there's been a lot of times when people, uh, kinfolks especially, seem like kinfolks like to say ugly things to us and sometimes. I mean, kinfolks get upset over the word and, and tongues and things like that. And we probably weren't always in our younger days as wise as we should have been. We may have gotten their face a little too much or something. Amen. Amen. But anyway, I, and you know, we learned to say a long time ago, not to take an offense. One way not to take an offense is we'll say this. We'll say, you know, that was their head, not their heart speaking. That was their head. You know, there's been lots of parents say, you aren't my kid anymore. I disown you. But that's just their head. They're just mad. They're just upset. They're just hurting. And hurting people hurt other people. And so their head's talking, but it's not their heart. You know, there's been people say ugly things to you. But most of the time, especially when it's somebody, you go, well, that, you know, I, I, that was my mama or that was my daddy. They're supposed to love me. It's their head, not their heart. You know, sometimes wives will say things to husbands and husbands will say things to wives. And most of the time, you know, they, a lot of times they really love each other and it's their head, not their heart talking. And you know, you can, you can get a divorce over somebody's head saying something and you ought to just forgive it. You know? I know I've said some powerfully bad things before to my husband because I was mad. And I didn't have, and you know, when you're grown, I didn't have control of my flesh when I was younger in the Lord. I'm getting better control all the time. Amen. But I used to didn't have very good control at all. And you know, tempers are hereditary, but you can get control of that. And it's also learned. And I came from a long line of hitting and throwing and crashing and <laughs> yelling and <laughs> some of y'all did too. Amen. But you know, it was always my head. It was never my heart. And you know, after I got born again, especially after I got filled with spirit, I grieved my heart, and man, I'd repent. I'd repent. God would forgive me, my husband forgive me, and we'd go on. And then there's been a few times I've had to forgive him too. But he's in better. He never. He didn't come from. He came from a long line of seethers. I came from get it out there, say it. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll say anything in my family. His family goes off and and internalizes it and is mad at you for twenty years. That's what he came from. They shut up and clam up and brew. You know what I'm saying? So we came from different sides of the spectrum. Hallelujah. But we can get control of that man by the inner man. We can get control of the soul man. And we don't want to see when we do things like that, it grieves the Holy Ghost. And we need to repent. Ask God to forgive us. We need to ask our husband to forgive us. If you and your husband have a knockdown drag out in front of your kids, you need to ask your kids to forgive you and say, Mom and Daddy did wrong. And we had to do that some as our kids were growing up. We had to say, Mom and Daddy, Mom and, Mommy and Daddy were, were wrong. And we sinned and we're sorry and we've repented and God's forgiven us. We ask you to forgive us and, and then you just start over. Folks, let me tell you something. There's nothing you can do but start over when you mess up. I don't know who I'm telling this to, but there is nothing in this world but you can do is but repent and start over. It don't do no good to wallow in it. Amen. And you and God's not worried about it, and you're not gonna and you are gonna mess up again. Amen. But you can get that man. That man will start changing the outward man. We know it is rare for us to have a to have a word even in our house. We do not fight anymore. I know. You know we don't fight. 
the kids left, there's no stress. <laughs> no, didn't mean it that way. <laughs> didn't mean it that way. No, there's plenty of stress in the ministry still, I can tell you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, but the, 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 the inner man is getting more dominant, more dominant, and we got to get him more and more dominant. Amen? And so that's your goal, get him more dominant. Hear God. Practice hearing God. Listen to the inner man. Look to your heart. You're making a decision, look in your heart. And sometimes it takes a while. I went to the dentist recently. I was sitting in the dentist chair. And I know they think, why did you come if you weren't going to let us? But I didn't have, it just wasn't settled in here. And I got up and left. I did. I mean, if you don't feel right about it, you better not do it. And I thought, I'm going to go home and get this settled in my heart. And then I'll come back. I'm not going to violate my heart anymore. I'm not going to go past it. Because my, and you know, and I don't, sometimes it's hard to sort. But only the Word of God but divides between soul and spirit. Hallelujah. Let's see, what have we looked at? Uh, turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16. We'll look at another couple of scriptures. See, I, now I'm, I know my husband doesn't do this. I'm kind of like Joyce Meyer in this way, is I tell all. <laughs> in the pulpit, I'm like, I just don't have any secrets. And uh, Colin, he's taken after me. He's that way too. He tells all. He tells all about me and his dad when he gets the pulpit. <laughs> don't. It's just about half true, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. 2 <laughs> Corinthians 4.16 For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, this is an exciting scripture. Now this man, he is, he is perishing. This, uh, this body is aging. It's not going uphill. I mean, is he? Like the little birthday card said, he's going downhill. All He's over the hill. <laughs> Amen. This man is perishing. He is aging. There's not anything you can do about aging. I mean, you're just, I mean, you can't make it, you, no matter how hard you try, there's only one solution to not having birthdays. And that's to go live with Jesus. That's the only solution. But this man is getting older. And he's perishing, but this man, the inward man, is renewed every day. Being renewed day by day. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. So this man is quickening this man. And that's why when it's hot like it is right now, and this man wants to droop. And I, don't, I just find it trying to affect my mood and everything. And I just had to say, you know, I'm not going to... I know this man will sustain this man. This man, this man's greater. And you know you may have to put a little more... You may have to praise the Lord. You may have to pray in tongues a little more. If you're, if you're in a situation where, where the heat or, the, or your job or, or, or something's putting pressure on the outward man. Maybe you hadn't had a lot of sleep lately. You know a mama that's got a new baby. She's going to have to live with this by the strength of this man. And, and you know, or you, you're missing sleep for different reasons. I'm forgetting all you can. That's my policy. Me and Eric, we've always had that policy. You know, I, you, you didn't, when Eric was growing up, my teenager, you know, some teenagers, you know, I, he, he was in bed at 10 o'clock. Or before, he liked to go to bed, rest himself. And, uh, and I've always been that way too. And, but, you know, when, when we miss it for any reason or something like that, we can live by the inner man. Amen? We can live by the strength of the inner man. We did that. You know, we got first baptized in the Holy Ghost. We were wild. We didn't sleep. We just run up and down the road. We just had to go to meetings. We were so turned on. We lived on the inner man for a year. Just lived off of all the joy and the glory of the inner man. You did too, didn't you, Lawrence? Didn't even know we was tired. We can do a lot more. We'll get that man all fired up. Yeah, we can do more than we're doing. Amen. Hallelujah. You can do more than you're doing by that inner man. 1 Corinthians 9.27, we'll go there. We don't have to be crabby because we miss sleep. 
We can live by the inner man. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm not talking to you, Eric. <laughs> I'm not pointing. Um, no, we don't have to be. Hallelujah. You know, when you don't feel good in your body, when the body's sick, let this inner man, let this inner man minister to your body, your physical body. Feed the inner man. Begin to praise God. Begin to thank God. Begin to worship God. Begin to pray in tongues. Begin to speak scriptures. And the inner man will minister to the outer man. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will begin to quicken your mortal body. And you'll begin to find, you'll find that pretty soon that it don't take you as long to get over stuff. Even if, and you'll find that you'll, you'll miss a bunch of stuff. And you'll find that even when symptoms get on you, it don't take you long to conquer them. You'll find that in an hour or so, you'll have those, those, those you know, you got the flu aches or something like that, you'll have them off of you. Because you're letting the inner man minister to and rule over the outer man. Now the outer man says, you know, he's trying to dictate when he's sick. And he says, go get in the bed. And he says, you know, go take your temperature. Go do all those things. We don't even have a thermometer at our house. Now, you can have one if you want to. I'm not against them. But we don't have one. We don't. I can tell. I don't need a thermometer to tell me that symptoms have attacked my body. And I'm not going to enforce it and say, oh, dear, it's 104. No, I'm saying by his stripes I am healed. I'm telling the devil, wrong house, devil. I'm not taking this junk. I'm in covenant with Almighty God. Jesus bore all my sicknesses, carried all my diseases. You must have, this must not be mine. This must be belong to somebody else on my block because it don't belong to me. Jesus took mine. And I start talking like just like that. I start talking covenant talk. And you know you don't want to. Your flesh don't feel like it. You want to groan. Amen. Amen. My mama babied me when I was, I was an only child. You could just look sick, and she took you to the doctor, and she babied you. And, and now he, he grew up. It's easier for him because he grew up. His dad's favorite saying was, I've had worse than that on my eyeball and never blinked an eye. You didn't get no sympathy there. And they were Air Force brats. And uh, the base was, after they moved to Seagrove's base was 60 miles away. We ain't going to take you up there just to, and we sure aren't going to pay a doctor down here. And we're not going to drive 60 miles just for that. So you just, there was no need being sick because you weren't going to get any. <laughs> and there's a lot of need for me to be sick because you got lots of benefits. You got Coke, which we never had. My mom would go buy Coke. She made tapioca. We never had tapioca unless you were sick. Made uh, uh, potato soup. I did not know until I was like 27, 8 years old, you could have potato soup and not be sick. I didn't know. I just it just it was like you couldn't cook that if you weren't sick. But she cooked potato soup, tapioca pudding. Went and bought you cokes. My dad went and bought me five new funny books or comic books every time, twelve cents a piece. If you got sick, it was a bonus. Plus, you didn't have to go to school. <laughs> Hallelujah! You tried to do this as often as possible, and I can tell you, I did. I succeeded in missing you know one day here, one day there. I never had anything serious, but praise God. But you know, you can let that outer man rule like that. You know, like one man said, I kind of look forward to my first cold every year so I can have a hot toddy. We've known a man like that. Really looked forward to it. You know, you can look forward for whatever your crazy reason to being sick or you can start living by the inner man. You know, if you play with those little things though, you, something something beware something like lest something worse come upon you that a hot toddy won't fix some of you don't even know what a hot toddy is huh she does <laughs> i come from a line that made their own cough syrup good baptist good baptist that wouldn't have touched it for any other reason but hid it in the churn hid a bottle in the churn wouldn't go buy it ask somebody else to go buy it for them hid it in the churn and then made their cough syrup in the winter with it, you know. Good Baptist. They're in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. First Corinthians 9.27. Are you there? We'll close with this. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 
I keep under my body. Now that goes for sin. We don't let our body just go sin and do what it wants to. You know, we got it. Our body can want to sin. You know, your body can see a good-looking girl or a good-looking man and want to sin. But we don't let our body do that. We put that body, we put that man under because we know that the wages of sin are death. That if we, we're not, we know that even though we can go to heaven and ha, and sin, but that it's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to problems. It's going to cost more than it's worth. It's going to take us down. It's going to hurt people. It's going to hurt our family. It's going to hurt us. It it'll, it could send it can send you to the grave quicker. You can die young because you because you just are out because you because you left you don't keep the body, you don't keep it under, you don't tell it no, you're not going to sin. You know we don't let our body eat everything it wants to eat. I know that you might not think that, but we don't let our body at our house eat everything it wants to eat. We don't. We hadn't had any cookies since Eric left at our house. It's it's sad. It's really sad. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> I used to call myself the cookie monster before I learned you have what you say. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jesus. So we keep our body under. We keep it under where sickness is concerned. We don't, we, you know, we decide. This is the man that's in charge. This is the, you let this man be in charge. Don't let this man, you know, the doctor's looking at this man when he says, you're sick, you've got it. He's looking at this man. Well, that's okay. Just let this man start being in charge. Amen? He's always talking about this man. And this man will talk to you. This man will say, you hurt. You are dying. But you know, it doesn't have to be the truth. It doesn't have to be the final word, does it? We could just go all night, couldn't we? Just talking about spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The inward man, we'll close with this, the inward man is the one who gives the outward man his attractiveness or repulsiveness. You know, they may look like a runway model now, but if they're not born again, it won't be long till they don't look so hot. But now you take a born again woman and you'll see her at 80 or 90 years old and you'll think, oh my word, she's gorgeous. And it's like, I don't know, it's not like she doesn't have that aging and the wrinkles, but I don't know, something's emanating. Amen. That Mary Kay Ash, y'all remember her? She died, but she's about 90 or 100 or something. I mean, she's ancient. And she looked like a million dollars. Of course, I'm sure it, all that makeup she owned helped too, you know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All that money she had, that was making her cheerful too. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was cheering her up a lot, but she was the fountain of but she's born again. She had the life of God in her. She didn't look that like she didn't look. You can see it. You start to say, you, you know, somebody told me once, well, you just think you can tell by looking at people whether they're born again or not. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's not that hard. I mean, you can't always tell, but there's a lot of times you can tell, I can tell you're not. Because they'll just have, they're just death just all over their face emanating from them. But sometimes they are born again and they just hadn't learned to let the spirit man rule. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. I just want to go further. Every